Hey friends, October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. Today, we are talking with Lynn Greenberg about a book that she wrote with her son, Robbie the Dyslexic Taxi. And this episode is going to be very interesting to you if you've ever known somebody that has struggled with language-based learning, with literacy, with reading, or anything related to processing language. So stick around. If your kiddo does not experience these issues, good for you. But I bet you know somebody that does. So share this episode with anyone you know that might wrestle with these skills. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do? And how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned, because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. Hey friends, we are so close here at the language of play to crossing 10,000 downloads. Um, that means 10,000 listens have happened um, of this podcast. And I'm so excited to say that that's true. And in honor of that, we have two things going on. One of those things is if you have been interested in coaching. When you email me, hello at thelanguageofplay.com, write down 10,000 because you will get 10,000 cents taken off the cost of a coaching program. And that is $100. The second thing we're doing in this celebration of 10,000 downloads is we're asking you to write a review if you have not yet done it. And for whoever it is that submits a review on the same day as we cross the line for 10,000, you will be getting a Starbucks gift card for $10. So submit those reviews and email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com with the number 10,000 in your email to receive prizes and discounts. All right, today, listeners, we have a guest with us. Her name is Lynn Greenberg. She is the author of a book, Robbie the Dyslexic Taxi. 
And Lynn is the happiest wife, mom, and grandma, a very retired attorney who loves to cook, exercise, and read. And she has seen how positivity with feelings and differences can allow children to grow into happy, productive adults. She wanted to bring that energy to children's stories. And that's what has engaged her in this book that she has written. Now, if you're okay with it, Lynn, I'd like to read your son's bio too, because absolutely he, okay, because he also is a big component of this. So sure Jonathan is. Greenberg, born with dyslexia, Jonathan could not read or write like many other children his age. And so instead, he decided to express himself with art. Having overcome his learning impediment, he has fallen in love with reading and strives to combine his two favorite things and create something that can show others not to feel discouraged by their differences. I love that. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. And um, John is actually in grad school for art. So he says his hello and, and appreciation for you talking about our book today. He and I co-wrote it and he illustrated it. I love it. That thank is you. so nice. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So now you wrote in your bio, um, or he wrote, that he has overcome his learning impediment. How did that happen? So obviously you never get rid of dyslexia, but he, um, you know, when he was younger, it took a, it took a while to understand what was going on. He is my youngest of four. I knew he was bright. I did not understand why he didn't want to watch Sesame Street and sing the ABC song. And I was told he wasn't smart and he, and I was, had had you know growing up issues and he was young and he was a boy and I thought that's not true so I had him tested and sure enough very on uh, on brand for being dyslexic and um, we tried to find some uh, programs locally and that did not really work and we found this amazing school uh, pretty close by to us about 45 minutes away and we were lucky to get him into that school and uh, he learned how to read and fully remediated. And, um, you know, he took his joy of reading and and the art that he loves to do and and combined the two. And, and that's really where his passion is. I love that. And yeah. in this book that I read, and I, I think that you are very encouraging in the book, especially when when you have a child that sees themselves as different, as not good enough, as not right in some way, your book really helps to dive into the feelings that the child has so that they can see that, oh, we're playing to our strengths yes. and not just looking at what it is that we're not equal to my peers as, you know, can you tell me more about the journey that brought you to choose that theme? Because there's all kinds of themes you could have written in the book. Tell me what brought you to that theme. So I think, you know, John and I, John especially was treated as less than by a lot of people when he was younger. And that definitely impacted on who he was. And I think he felt very strongly, we both did, that we know he's not less than in any way. He has used his dyslexia as a superpower and he uh, is is bright and finds different ways in and out of situations that might not be apparent to other people. He's creative and empathetic and 
he wanted children who maybe are still trying to figure out who they are and and what to do with this dyslexia, or maybe they haven't been diagnosed and they just don't understand why they're different. And he wanted to tell them, he wanted to tell them and their peer who may peers who may or may not have dyslexia and the families that, you know, it's not something to, to feel badly about. It's something to be proud of. And we've gotten a lot of positive responses in that regard. It's been really heartwarming. I bet you have. Because to some degree, it's a vulnerability thing too. You know, yes. you're letting people know about something that wasn't as as you expected. Exactly. And there's a little bit of maybe it's grief, maybe it's something else that you have to go through in order to get to this point of accepting and not just accepting, but embracing and becoming strong in it. You know, like it it becomes your strength. Absolutely. He does. He always says it's his superpower. And I think it's really important for people who are are in the process of figuring all this out to understand that different doesn't mean a bad thing. It's it's a positive. It can be definitely used as a positive. I love that. So when you say that it's a superpower, in my thought, I, I'm thinking that maybe it's because um, it forced him to build strengths on other things. It forced him to recognize and embrace what he's good at. Is that what you mean by the superpower? Yes. And um, John went to the school that John went to, every child um, either had dyslexia or some language-based learning problem. And every single one of them was bright, but used their dyslexia to figure figure out how to get in and out of situations that might be uncomfortable or um, some used their their intelligence to to be engineers as they you know as they've grown up and they were good at math or maybe good runners or they were good at art but every single one of them I that I know was empathetic and kind and really used their dyslexia to figure out, how to get in and out of different sorts of problems. And, and that's kind of why we picked a taxi uh, to, to be the character in this book. How was he going to have a, pro, you know, how is he going to figure things out? You have to drive. How do you do your lefts and your rights? And what happens if you can't read the street signs? So we thought there was a lot of room for exploration with this kind of character. Absolutely. And you did a fine job of it. Thank you. You mentioned that the school was for dyslexic children, plus other children had language-based disorders or disabilities, uh, or whatever word you said. Anyway, this is the language of play. My (laughs) audience is parents of kids that are about 2 to 12. Now, there's outside of that, too, but the majority of listeners have kids about 2 to 12, and they have some kind of language delay. Mm -hmm. and. And oftentimes people think of dyslexia as a reading problem without really realizing that dyslexia truly is a language learning issue. Yes. And you're pointing to your ear. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yes. And and you're thinking about this I, from your perspective. Can you expound on the idea of how dyslexia is truly a language-based learning disability? not being any kind of um, medical or, you know, I have not, I have no degree in it, but as a parent who 
learned about it, read about it, talked to a lot of people and definitely was involved with, you know, a lot of other parents and uh, his school. Um, I've come to learn that there's, there's such an integral, there's so much that goes in between all of it. It's how you hear things. It's, I think people always say, you know, they turn their E's and their F's around and, you know, it's, it's not just how, it's not just seeing the letters and it's how they hear it, how they bring it to their brain, how they turn it around and then how it comes out. And um, like I said, I did a lot of, of reading when I was trying to understand what it was. And I really have come to find out that, you know, the brain is an amazing thing. And everyone's brain works a little differently. And a dyslexic's brain doesn't make it less than, it just means they need to be taught differently. And uh, I have found that when you give people, for whatever reason, the right tools, they really can be very successful. It's just trying to figure out what will work best for your, for you, for your child and, you know, for, for John, it was learning through the Orton-Gillingham method. Fantastic description and, and good method. And <laughs> um, yes, and I just want to give you three cheers because the way you describe from a parent's perspective to a listener, which is a parent's perspective, it, it you make it sound just so plain. And I love that because I'm a speech path. And so I work at, you know, like making sure that what I say is really connecting. It's awfully easy to jump into jargon and that's not helpful. And I know it isn't helpful. So, you know, like I love to hear parents describe from a parent perspective because it's the raw, the real, the practical, the day-to-day that makes the difference. You know, jargon is useless if you don't know how to use it. And yeah. And so anyway, what you're saying makes total and complete sense. And I did a another interview with somebody that was talking about dyslexia. So I'll link that in the show notes. And, and you pointed to your ears and and what we would call that in our jargon is processing that auditory, which is your listening, the processing of the auditory information in order to get it into your brain where your brain sorts it and files it. And, and then we memorize, and then we go back and retrieve that. And then we pull it out when we need it. You know, yes. that process is phenomenal in our brains, isn't it? And the human yes. brain is tremendous. Now, if you were to talk to parents about well, what it is that that they should do if they're dealing with possibly dyslexia, it could be any listener here because you know we do target um, parents that want to build their communication with their kids. Yes. And ma- many of the times parents come here is because they're noticing the child just doesn't do what they're told. They don't, you know, like little things like that. You know, if a child isn't doing what they're told, maybe there's dyslexia too. We don't know yet. What kind right. of advice would you give to parents? Wow. I think I have listened to some of your podcasts and and the one you were just talking about was what it was. Was it with another speech pathologist? I don't remember, but it, I definitely enjoyed listening. And I, I think, I think it's important, really important for parents to sort of go with their gut and not, you know, we're as, as parents with younger children, there can definitely be, you know, impatience. We live in a fast paced world. 
everyone's, you know, either working or taking care of other kids and working. And I think it's very important to sort of really hear what's going on, to listen to your child. If, if they're acting out, why? I mean, kids can be naughty, you know, but I think for the most part, kids really want to please. And if they're acting out, I think there's a reason for it. They're not understanding, they're frustrated, they're upset. Maybe they're getting bullied at school. And I, I have found that even though teachers really try hard to, to be good for every student, classrooms are full and not every teacher has had training in, in um, you know, learning differences. And even if they have some of them, there are just so many differences that it's very hard to know about all of them. Right. I've had some wonderful teachers, you know, when John was little would say to me, well, I don't understand. He can, you know, he can memorize the story. Why can't he read it? Well, you're the teacher. <laughs> you know. Well, your book you explains don't... that really well, doesn't it? Yes, I hope so. Thank you. But there's definitely, I think, a need for parents to not to to not just be okay with what they're told. If they really feel something is up with their child that makes them a little different, keep pursuing it. Keep listening to your child. Keep trying to find experts or read up on it or ask their pediatricians or, you know, there are just so many different possibilities that I think people shouldn't give up. Don't just say, okay, with the first response, if it doesn't feel right. And I think it's really important to have an open dialogue with your child, whatever age, you know, age appropriate. But I really think it's important to listen to your child and see what's going on and take those kinds of cues and, and try to find the best answer for you and for your child. I love that. You're absolutely right. Because all of us are different as parents and yes. all of our children are different. Yes. And so we do need to find what fits for us. Yes. So that's well said. Now, the episode, I just looked for it while you were speaking. Yeah. The episode you listened to was with Allie Young, and it was episode 83. There's also another one you may have listened to with Shannon Ali, and I don't remember the number, but I'll make sure to link it in the show notes for other people that are interested in in one, which is more about dyslexia. That's with Allie. And that one, um, a link. And then Shannon Ali, she put in also some really good tips on ways to help that auditory processing. Excellent. Just simple That's ways awesome. with very young children to just keep nurturing that. That's great. Yeah. I think I, I think I did, but I'm definitely going to have to, to re-listen to it. So thank you. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's hard to know off the top of my head, which one you happen to listen to because right now. No, I know. I, I apologize. I'm terrible with names. You're good. <laughs> You're good. There's over 80 episodes at this point. I can't even pull up the names and numbers until I look and remind myself. So you're good. But back to your book. Now you. Okay wrote this book with Jonathan's experience in mind. And yes. he allowed his experience to go out to the world yes. in the character of a taxi. Mm -hmm. What was yes. that like to talk with him to say, do you want to do this? Or maybe he came to you and said, hey, mom, I want to do this. How did that happen? So during COVID, um, we were all, you know, home and John is an, was an art major in college. And it's very hard to do art virtually. Mm -hmm. So he really wasn't getting the full college experience that so many, you know, so many people uh, had the same sort of experience. But for John, he was trying to create. And even though he wasn't doing a lot with his classes virtually, he was still 
drawing and painting. And I was doing a lot of FaceTime reading with my grandchildren. And we just, you know, started kicking around the idea of like, what would it be if we wrote a book together? So it was just kind of a spontaneous, natural conversation is what I'm hearing? Yes, it it actually was. Okay. So yeah, I thought one of you might have said, I want to do this, you know, like, but that's kind of great. That's really great. You're able to do that. Well, you know, we had, you know, thrown the idea around before and then, you know, life gets in the way. But during COVID, we definitely had some time and he was home. And um, I I want to stop you for a moment and call attention to the listeners that Lynn is telling us here that her son that has dyslexia was in college, folks. It's not the end of the world because your child is struggling at the beginning. And there are many things that we can do to go back and fortify that listening and language processing uh, missing hole, that missing piece. And we can go plug those missing pieces and get to reading. Now, maybe they're not going to be as good a readers as some others, but that's not the point. The point is that you can learn to read still, your child can, and this, um, her child is in college. It's not the end. Actually in grad school now. So yes. Well, yes. So he, he, I have to say that all the kids he knew growing up and the kids he went to school with had varying degrees of, um, you know, dyslexia. Some found it easier to learn with this program. Others found it more difficult, but all of them had an appreciation for, the written word for the spoken word. And I think that's very important to, to know that, you know, whether or not you have dyslexia, everyone learns differently. I, I can't, I'm not good at math. Please don't ask me to do a math problem, Uh, you know, and I might forget your name, but everyone, everyone is unique and dyslexia is just one title. And I don't think it should be the title that that holds you back. I think it's just a different way to need to explore how to learn and to navigate your life. And for John, you know, he applied to many schools and went in and he went to a a program, which was great, but maybe not as art related as he would have liked. And so this also, you know, he, he didn't realize that I think he really wanted to pursue art as a career. And so he had with COVID some downtime and and that's how we started to explore maybe what else he could do with his time. And we came up with this book. Yeah, so. that's fabulous. Thank you so much for being here today. In the show notes, I will also put a link for people to get a hold of you and to Thanks. order your great. book. And um, okay. is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with um, as I say goodbye to you today? Oh, thank you. I think... I think it's so important to value yourself if, you know, if you have a difference to value your child, to really listen. I think there are so many positives. John is an amazing human being and I couldn't be more proud. He's, you know, a wonderful artist, a kind person, a good friend. And dyslexia is not something that should be seen as a negative. And uh, I think, I think, you know, the book, the book and who he is and has really has really shown that. And so I really appreciate your giving us the time. And I hope people read Robbie the Dyslexic Taxi and the Airport Adventure. It's the first in a series that we're planning on writing with many differences. Um, the next 
Next one's going to be a, a little bit about ADHD because yeah, you're right. A lot, of people, a lot of people, as you know, are dyslexic and have ADHD. So um, when John, we went, uh, he did a reading at the school that he went to, he was treated like a rock star. It was amazing. But all the kids were like, you really should, you know, what are you writing about next? And we said ADHD and they're like, yeah. I am so glad to hear that because that is a resource that we need and we need plenty of varieties. Yes. So seen in there in out in the world. And I don't think that there's um, there are really too many books with with learning differences. So we've been really very appreciative of how how the response has been so positive. Let me know when that book is published and ready, and maybe we can have you back on so that we can talk about the ADHD book, because many of the listeners and many of us, like myself too, um, have plenty of ADHD in the family. So yes, yes, it's it's a very much needed resource. And I will say that for me, as I understood ADHD better, I started loving those students, like just craving to work with those students. Because once my brain understood how ADHD works, it's like you just see the, the thriving in those students. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's very good. Thank you. Well, we'd love to come back and we will definitely keep you posted. And thanks again to you and, and to your listeners and uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your contribution to the world with us. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.